Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the House and Growls Timberwolves newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Troopers and SB Nation. If you are new to this show, Number Crunch is just a quick post-game show that I'll be doing for the entirety of this season, picking out one number or one stat and using it to focus on a wider trend or a theme of the game. And... <laughs> This game is a hard one to really find that enthusiasm for. I guess they happen every season. For Wolves fans, we've been through seasons where these games feel like they happen every week. And we're certainly nowhere near the lowest of the lows we have all experienced in those seasons. Nonetheless, this was absolute crap. In this, in tonight's House and Grouse player ratings, I called it a wall-to-wall walloping, and honestly, that's all I can think of to describe this game. The Wolves were out-executed, they were out-thought, and most importantly, they were just outworked. man. They were just outworked. Now, whether this was just one of those nights where everything goes wrong, and those nights certainly do happen throughout a long season, or maybe it was just a big misfire, on the second night of a road home back-to-back. Or maybe it's even something more serious and more concerning than that. We probably just don't know yet. Maybe in a week or a month we'll be able to look back on this night as an anomaly or as the true beginning of a trend. But for now, it's just what it is, really. It's a really, really poor showing. But for now... We have to find the number, and we probably have to focus on the defense, and that's why this episode's number is 128.8, as in Minnesota's 128.8 defensive rating throughout the first half of this game. And I wanted to focus on that first half because the numbers were really skewed heavily back towards Minnesota's favor in that fourth quarter when the game was all but over and, and D'Angelo Russell started hitting some shots, Carlton Towns continued to hit shots. He did actually hit them all night, although we're talking about defense here and that's a, a, that's a different story. But in that first half, that's when San Antonio really got on top of the Wolves and then they sledgehammered them to death in the third quarter when they posted a 133.3 defensive rating. Yep, it somehow got even worse than the first half in that third quarter, which we know has been a problem for the Wolves this season. To put those numbers into some sort of small sample size perspective, the Brooklyn Nets are currently the league's worst defense with a 126.9 defensive rating through their first three games. If you don't know, that's points allowed per 100 possessions. 
So in the first half and then the third quarter again, the Wolves were worse than the worst defense in the league. Now, look, that is a wacky way to look at it, and it's not really statistically correct. But it, it didn't take any numbers, man. It doesn't take any numbers to see how awful they were defensively. And I couldn't even narrow down in my mind one specific area in which they were substantially worse than others. I mean, yeah, the transition stuff stood out immediately. They absolutely stunk in transition. Most of the time, they barely made it down the court before they were picking the ball out of their net and, and running it back. And that's that's a huge problem. Look, that there's no other way to put it. That is a huge problem. It was a problem last season. But now you add Rudy Gobert, who is big and lumbering, and you shift Carlton Towns down a position, who is also big and also lumbering. And this team now has three defenders who are even capable of keeping up with those teams who want to kind of push pace off makes and misses like the Spurs did in this one. And credit to the Spurs, they played that perfectly. They did it so well. A lot of teams want to push pace. Minnesota want to push pace. Every team wants to live in transition. It is the easiest way to score points. But you have to do it. And the Spurs did it really well. But yeah, the, the Wolves have those, those two big guys. And on top of that, on top of that, Two of those players who do get back regularly are D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, who are guys who are, you know, not historically known for being stout stoppers. So when Jade McDaniels, the lone warrior here, has a really low energy night like he did in this one, then things can get ugly as quickly as they got ugly in this in this game. The problem is that the problem with this game, I guess, is that that cancer spread to every part of the defense. Again, D'Lo and Ant were horrendous getting through ball screens. Equally bad were Jalen Noel and Bryn Forbes. And the Spurs hunted that relentlessly as well. They pretty much played with the mantra that if they're not in transition, they're going to hunt. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply those smaller or weaker defenders with ball screens and with pick and rolls. And that meant that Rudy Gobert was left in no man's land, having to guard the ball and the roll man. And he ended up just being caught in the middle of that shit far too often. When Cat was out there blitzing or hedging ball screens at the level of the screen or kind of playing a more of a shallow drop, the Spurs were whipping it around, finding shooters, attacking closeouts, just doing it all with such ease because the Timberwolves were really just going through the motions from minute one in this game, um, which does make me think that the second night of a back-to-back played a little bit of a part in that, but it's not acceptable either way. 
it was just a layup or a floater line for much of the night. And when it wasn't layups and floaters, it was wide open threes and putback attempts as well, which have obviously been a huge problem for the Wolves as well this season. Uh, even when the Wolves tried to switch more often and keep bodies in front, rather than, you know, forcing guys to get through screens, they were just switching no screens. Their communication was just so horrendous that it just blew things up even further. Uh, they did have some success when they flipped into a zone, which kind of allowed Rudy or Cat or Nas to patrol the paint and giving everyone else less one-on-one guarding to do and more space guarding. But that has its own flaws as a concept. That's why the teams don't run zone all the time. Uh, we're seeing a lot more zone this season, which is an interesting wrinkle of the season. But they, it's it's not something you can rely on and live with. And additionally, it really didn't help their transition mess that they were in because those guys still weren't getting down the court. The guys who could get down the court weren't working hard enough. And it was, it was all just a shit show no matter what. In short, I think that the Wolves were exposed for every defensive flaw that they have in this game. And again, that credit goes to the San Antonio Spurs because they exposed them wonderfully and you expect that from a coach like Greg Popovich. But it it was a real eye-opener. I don't think it, it was a death sentence because, again, we're four games into the season. Chemistry will help that some. Just having a night where they have a little bit more energy will help that some as well. But there is a chink in this armor. That doesn't mean they can't mend it and find ways to parry some of these blows that they'll receive as they get more tape and more practice and just more time together to try and figure this out. But I think personnel-wise, that little flaw in the armor will always be there. And that's that's the problem they need to fix. They, or they need to cover a little bit. You, you, every team has flaws. Every team has chinks in their armor. but the best teams, the teams who overcome those flaws are the ones that can cover them up in other ways or can find ways to minimize the damage that, that those flaws are causing, even if they are still causing some damage throughout a night. So that that's the goal. And I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that I have all the answers. Chris Finch is a much smarter man than me. But I think if you're looking for upside or answers... You can you can point to the fact that even with this absolute stinker of a game and a pretty bad one in Utah as well, uh, against Utah, sorry, the Wolves currently sit 13th in total defensive rating, allowing 108.7 points per 100 possessions. And I'm sure we can all agree that they haven't really even tapped into anything special on that end yet, even in the games where they've been better than they were in this one. So then that's kind of what Rudy Gobert is and what he brings to a team. His strengths are so enormously helpful that he can carry a defense to a respectable or even a great level. But there are nights where he's going to be exposed badly, like this one, if his guards and his wings aren't helping him. For the Wolves, that means it'll need an unexpected leap from D'Lo defensively or an expected improvement from Ant or just more togetherness and, you know, more effort and I think especially more communication. Russell and Ants, if, they, if they're not going to get through those ball screens, they need to veer back onto the big guy quicker when they're beaten in the pick and roll. The bigs and the guards need to be more clear and more precise when they are calling for switches. And obviously they just need to run back on defense better. I mean, Townsend and Gobert aren't naturally 
transition defenders, but they were also terrible for their standards in this game. So everything just needs to tighten up a lot, and that's pretty much all we can say after that after this game. And if not, then they're going they're going to have to dominate offensively. And that's another side to this story that we could sit here all night and discuss. And perhaps we'll be able to do so when they come back and and smack the Spurs in the mouth. And perhaps we will be able to talk about them dominating offensively if they come back and smack the Spurs in the mouth for some revenge and some retaliation when they play them in the next game. I'll be here to discuss it. I hope you will be too.